Hello guys and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. It's me, Alex Whiteley. I'm here again. And uh, today, I'm, 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 this is crazy. I love doing these uh, these icebreaker things where I speak to lots of different people. Uh, the medley of interviews that we put together for the Bellevue Arts Festival opener at Greyfriars. Um, it's, it, these things are really important because it's networking. Networking is really, really important. And it led me to meeting the guys at Omega, um, who I absolutely adore um, when it comes to communication uh, and battling loneliness uh, and, you know, connecting people. Um, it's really important to me to, to find out more about this. So, alas, here we are today. Uh, um, and we are on, on Tumbles in, in London House. And we're speaking to, is it Tom Thomas? Uh, Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom Emery from Omega. How are you, Tom? You good? I'm fine. And thank you very much for coming. Yeah, it's a very short notice. And I love that. I love that. I love the spontaneity of it all because that's that's uh, that's what I live for. Um, and um, I was very um, taken back by the, the Bellevue Arts Festival and how it sort of brought the, the community together. Does that mean a lot to you to be a part of something like that? Yeah, it, it, it's um, it's an exciting um, event. And we, we've been been involved for two or three years now. And one of our colleagues, he's a retired consultant surgeon who loves growing things. So we we have a plant stall there. He's great. (laughs) It's something that gets us noticed because people come back and they make advanced orders. But the the main part of the, 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 the event for us is about meeting new people like yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so it works. It does. It does. I, I have two different modes, and we were just talking about this before before I hit record. I have the. Uh, um, there's a lady come up to me to this morning. Um, my my little boy was with me, and I wear my shoes a biscuit t-shirt, and she was like, "Oh, you're on TikTok." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And we started talking, and both me and Timmy are both nervously jittering away, kind of, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, thanks. Oh, that's really nice. I, I really do. I genuinely appreciate it." But inside my um, inside my body is a little guy doing jumping jacks, like, "Oh my god, this is crazy." Um, but there's behind the the mic, um, focused. This is what I'm here to do. Alex mode. That's that's the podcast mode of me. That, that's it's a different thing. When I was at the Bellevue Arts Festival, um, there was something about that opening event that just really relaxed me. You know, people were very friendly, very open to talk, and I feel like you you've kind of attached yourself to the right thing there for Amiga. Um, and I did a little bit of research. Of course, I was doing a little bit of research, but we're going to learn about Amiga as the listeners do. Um, so is, is Amiga a local, independent thing, or is it, is it a nationwide charity? We're, we're a national charity, but but it's very much uh, a Shrewsbury thing as well. We, we we started here in 2007, uh, and we, we we work mainly in the West Midlands, but we, we do help people throughout the country. And um, you, you'll find that, that most of our volunteers are, are local, but the clients are skewed around black, the black country and, and beyond. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you got, it started 2007. Have you been here from the beginning? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you, uh, really? Uh, yes. The charity started working properly in about October 2008. I, 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 um, I started in September and opened the office here in, in October. So yeah, right from the very beginning, really. There, there was um, we were quite a different animal when we started. We we started working with the Department of Health. We started working with doctors, and and, and care homes. And then in two thousand and ten, we started looking deeper into our own community. We started working with with family carers, and and that's really what we are at the moment. It's about supporting people, looking after people who aren't very well. It's a, it's really hard. I mean, I, I remember there was a there was a big appeal a few years ago for carers. 
especially young carers. Uh, young carers, that, that, you know, they, they, carers come in all shapes and sizes and ages uh, and genders. And, you know, there's got to be, there's got to be some respite out there for somebody who is constantly caring, looking after, being responsible. It's not easy being responsible for a human life, whether it's a baby, whether it's an older person, uh, whether it's a family member, whether it's your job, your profession. Being responsible and making sure that person survives and has the best quality of life is hard, right? Yeah, I, I think one of one of the things you quickly pick up on is that it can be relentless. And, and you must remember that lots of the carers that we work with tend to be older people so they're they're pretty exhausted particularly people who are looking after uh, a child who, who an adult child who has learning difficulties and they've been caring for them for the whole of their life yeah and, and it doesn't stop so so we we tend to support um, carers over the age of 75 and bereaved former carers mm-hmm. so it, 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 it's um, it, it's working with people who have served the community well and served their families well and served the individuals well we, we met lots of um, carers in, in their sort of mid 70s now they're in their mid 80s and we're still supporting them and we help them beyond caring in, into bereavement so so they're really special people they're just ordinary people doing a wonderful job and there's lots of research showing that that these people save the country billions of pounds. The, the, the amount they save is equivalent to the total cost of, of the health service. And, and clearly people worry about money all the time, but, but they forget that family carers are making a massive contribution to society generally. And, and unless you've been involved in caring yourselves, you don't tend to think about these things. No. No, there seems to be a lot of that at the moment. It's, it's kind of like the the world is so um, uh, po- uh, what's it, what was it polarized? Uh, polarized. There yeah, you go. yeah, I was going to say polar opposite. Yeah, polarized. Uh, there, there seems to be half the world that's really compassionate and really wants to make a change in the world, and half that's kind of like, well, it doesn't bother me, so I'm just going to crack on with my life. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bigger portion of people that care or less. I don't know. But I feel like we need to do a little bit more to sort of reach out to the less compassionate to like, actually, you need to understand that um, without without these these carers, uh, lots of money will be taken, you know, put, you know, tax money and put into, you know, uh, national services to help out. You're right. You know, these guys, the carers out there have a value, very valuable service uh, across the nation. And they do a tireless job that not a lot of people can do, especially at the raw age of 75 plus. Yeah. Know. yeah. For me, I, I think the, the crucial thing is where the people have got a supportive family around them. And I think we tend to help people that don't. So, so, um, it, it, it's no fun when when you're, you're struggling, approaching the end of your life totally on your own, and families are busy and they move around, so people get left behind. And we, that's I think that's our unique selling point is is being there for people that don't have a supportive family close around them, and I think that's something that that um, is, is a really powerful message to get across is that most of us rely upon our families and the people close to us. Some of the people that we work with no longer have a supportive family around them, yeah. and that that's very sad because I I, I think um, we we all need people to to help us. We, we we need interaction with people, and and when people can't get out and about, then they become socially isolated, and and then they need a lift to break out, and as you become frail and less mobile, 
that that's harder. But that's where we've got some you know, marvelous services like Chatterbot and, and, and a letter from Louise, where we're reaching people at home. The, the, the difficulty for us very often is finding finding clients because our people don't get out much and they certainly don't listen to podcasts. Yes. But the people close to them might do or, 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 or the, the health professionals and neighbours. So that's why this is important. We've got to find new ways of reaching out to, to the people we help. The podcasting things is, is taking me by surprise an awful lot because I remember standing up in a boardroom um, a few years ago and explaining to some very um, influential people in, in Shrewsbury that you don't know what a podcast is, but you will do very soon. You know, it's, take, it's moved so, so quickly. And it is something that's kind of, I didn't, I thought I would have to really struggle to get the, uh, excuse me, guys, I'm very sorry, I'm 35 years old. I'm not exactly uh, a spring chicken myself, but the older generation, the more mature, the golden generation of, of uh, you know, my peers uh, to, to listen to a podcast but surprisingly a lot of the older generation are sort of leaning in, into into podcasts and enjoying them um uh, which is very very delightful for me um I, I think that's great um i think sometimes you just need to know that it exists right just yeah i i don't know much about podcasts but i think the real benefit is it's something that that's there that you can access on your own terms and your own time J- uh, jules uh, our ex-co-host now living in scotland how's it going jules if you listen to this i love you um she said it's it's like netflix for radio <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. yeah yeah that, that's um and i i haven't personally listened to to many podcasts but if i can recommend one for your listener mm. and, and and that is i think it's called and the rest is politics and it's one featuring alistair campbell and, yeah. and rory stewart and it's just two guys from from different political perspectives talking about interesting issues and it's it's a fascinating conversation and that that you know that's my only experience and but that's very good it's it's funny when you when you get um when you get introduced to a, a, a particular type of podcast my first podcast were very much um swearing r-rated fart jokes with kevin smith you know it was, I, was, I always thought oh that's what podcasts have got to be and then i started listening to like uh, infinite monkey cage uh, and joe rogan and some of the more intellectual stuff and i thought oh there's there's some real sophistication sometimes when it comes to podcasts and that what that kind of what inspired me to do the shoes with biscuit yeah you can make those adult jokes and around the you know meet at the pub type humor or you can actually do good in in sharing some good information in a, in a great way that everyone can listen to, and that's why I structured the the shoes of biscuit the way it is so everyone can enjoy it. Um, do you feel like uh, when it comes to to loneliness um, in the last sort of fifteen years or so since uh, Omega started, um, there has been some technolo- technological advances that have sort of helped you guys in your trade? Oh, oh, oh yeah, I, I think the obvious example is the iPad. Um, one, one of our former chairs, um, Dr. Teresa Griffin, is a local GP. She came up with the idea of, of um, helping people suffering from motor neuron disease, which is a horrible disease, but very rare. And at that time, it, it wasn't easy getting iPads um, released into the community from the NHS. So we we went on, I think we went on BBC Radio Shropshire, and... and we launched an appeal and, and bought iPads and then we used some speech synthesizing software called, I think, ProLoco to go. And, and we, we, we were then able to get out to patients and their families 
and give them something useful. And we've been able to recycle that, that those iPads. Very often they're used by, by three separate patients. But that's very much where there's been a, a technological in, a innovation. There was something called a right light, which is a big clunky machine that people used to use to speak. And, and um, the, the iPad makes it far more accessible. So when people lose, lose the power of speech, when they're suffering from motor neuron disease, they, they, they then have got another option. And, and one of the nice things about the iPad is, is that grandchildren understood what it was all about and could relate to their grandparents. So, so yeah, that, that's probably the best example. The, 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 the advent of the smartphone as well has been something that, that, that's changed the way we work. It, it's something that's accessible and, and, and lots and lots of people now have smartphones. When we started, they didn't. They might have had mobile telephones, but not smartphones. So, so yeah, that that that's that is a positive. I was I was chatting to one of my colleagues the other day. Well, I won't mention her name. I'll embarrass her. But I was I was chatting to one of my colleagues the other day, and she was like, "I love these animated gifs." She's just found gifs as uh, she shares they're the animated little short things that you can share on on social media and stuff. Um, you, we constantly find the new things, and you know um, the, the amazing uh, the device that let. Uh, helped Stephen Hawking talk you know I always thought it's a space age thing oh my god it's crazy that that can happen and now you know we've all carried that in our pockets you know you can type something on, on your on your phone now and press play and it'll read out what you've written you know it's, it's so accessible now um the advances that have been made in technology um and has it has it had a really positive int uh, you know um effect on the community um as it helps people um get in touch with you guys um network and stuff is that is it with technology i i i wouldn't say that that's been um the, the the main benefit it's about people using technology to access information yes um but not so much in 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 contacting us that we, we've always had a fairly rudimentary website and people have been able to find us through it's a very that. good website it was on yeah. oh, this is, that's a new one now we've got a new one now oh right yeah, yeah. So we've, shiny we've, new updated, yeah. <laughs> we've updated recently um and and i think that's that's going to be helpful because it's a way that that we can update and 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 maybe reach out to to, to a fresh audience but it, but in the past it was just more of a, a landing page where, where people could contact us and then they'd pick up the phone so, so we, we haven't really, um, we haven't really, as an organisation, embraced technology yet in terms of connecting with people. But, but there's I, so I, much more to come. Yeah, yeah, there is. That, that's <laughs> right. I, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, one one thing we did during lockdown, um, which was I think useful, and that is that there's a, a local um, character actress who who plays a character called Doreen Tipton from the Black Country. And and she she made an advert for our chatterbox program, and that's a way of reaching reaching a new audience. And that, uh, it, it was then posted on on YouTube, and and people then can can perhaps connect with with our organisation through through their knowledge of Doreen Tipton and her work, and and it, it it's always about finding new people and, and and getting them to tell our story in interesting ways. And I think that's what we're always striving for is is variety and, and, and finding people like you. Because I think you've got the skills and, and the connections that perhaps we don't have. And and I, I think we've got to start breaking down barriers and labels and, and think this is about people. It's not about age or illness. It's about people coming together mm. and, and attacking a problem from different directions. 
And I think we're more enlightened as a society, and things things like technology are bound to help. Yeah, I think I think technology and and you know, sort of the, the physical the physical things we can do used correctly can have an amazing effect. I mean, like for example, we're meeting here today because not because of technology. Because you're out in the community, and we f- I physically saw you guys. Um, I, I just read that you guys won an, a Mayor's Award 2022. Um, I, I wasn't even aware of that, but congr- that is amazing. Congratulations. Um, that is a, a huge honour, um, and it obviously shows that you're doing a great thing. Um, but when it comes to the the physical... Um, this, oh, by the way, we're going to be having the Mayor on next week, I think. I spoke I was oh, good. to her. I was like, oh, do you want to come around for a chat? And she was like, okay. I was like, okay, Okay. Okay. So she's the mayor's come around next week, so we'll be chatting. And um, what when it comes to the the actual um, the physical things that you guys can do, what you what do you actually put together aside from technology? What do you guys work on? Do you have focus groups? Do you have uh, do you get carers go out and look at carers? Or, you know, how do you do it? I, I think the, the the essence of what we do it's about ordinary people helping ordinary people. Yes. Even though many of our volunteers have got professional skills and knowledge and experience when they come to work with us that they're just sensible people making a connection with somebody who has a a challenge and all of us can face challenges in different stages of our lives so what we what we have to do is get to know people well and i think there's something deeply personal about many of the relationships that, that 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 we that we create people become they become friends they start off um just making a, a, con- a connection that they, they become companions but then time and time again they become very good friends and, and and the support that they deliver goes beyond engagement with omega once once they've had an omega service you can't you can't forget that that uh, the, the essence is two people have come together and 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 they they become in many cases you know, lifelong friends and, and some of some of our colleagues have died while they've been giving support and sometimes a client dies so that that's quite quite a common thing but we we've been helping people some some of um some colleagues have been giving support going back to 2012 2013 still um, engaging with the same clients so so people in all that time they really get to know one another they have a, a deep meaningful conversations weekly We've recently started um, writing letters, so we have a pen pal service, so people can get to know one another through through correspondence, and that's very powerful as well. It's not just a letter; it, it, it's photographs, pieces of of artwork, photographs of of, of pets, photographs of, of may, maybe um, thing, things people have, have have created through their hobbies, gardens and flowers, and nice things. So, so it, it's just yeah, ordinary people helping ordinary people. They have seem to have a lot in common when it comes to caring for people. I guess the the similar situations that they find themselves in. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly it. I think most people, you know, face the ups and downs of life, and it, it's about timing. And so, what, what I, I I particularly like intergenerational stuff. It's nice for young people to help old people because it's two way traffic as well. You learn so much from older people, and that's something that that I've heard clients say is how much they learn from their clients. 
Um, I've, I've I've come across that so many times. You know, working on the biscuit over the over the years. Um, uh, some great examples. If you in those, if you go back and listen to some of the, the back catalogs that we've had, you know, one of the examples was I forget her name. I'm very very sorry, but there's a young lady I, I interviewed from from the castle, um, and um, the, the soldiers of Shropshire Museum. There we go. And uh, she, you know, she was brought in as a customer a, a customer relations. Um, uh, colleague, um, and she was a whiz at social media, and she completely transformed the way they move uh, across social media, and that's her role now, and that's an, a very much an intergenerational thing um, when it comes to, and as, as well as like way of thinking, you know, there's 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 so many like cliches when you when you talk about you know generations, and you talk about the past generation about the, how they used to talk and how they used to be used to be a very carefree way of talking and, and thinking about things. Whereas now, you know, even the generation after me and they're kind of like, well, actually, we need to change the way we do this. We need to change the way we talk about things, and we're having conversations now I wouldn't have dreamt of having with a young person. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know? I think. I mean, one one thing that's important to me, and that's the way people collaborate. I think um, many many charities are, are, are fiercely competitive, and I, and I think that that is an issue. I mean, I, I used to do commercial work, and I found that, that the third sector is 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 more competitive than than business very often. I I, I think lots and lots of organisations are trying to do good work. But they're not doing good work together, and, and I, I, I think when when you do collaborate, lots of fresh opportunities come come forward. We, we've been working with faith groups all, 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 all over the place, um, right from the very beginning, where we, we base our activity with, with, within 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 a church. Um, so sometimes we, we, we've worked with with, with, um, with Sikh temples as well, where, where there's an existing oh, nice. group of people. It, it, it's it's really important to to try and play to our strengths, and and also offer offer extra services to an existing community of clients, and I think then it's about sharing. So so clients have more choice, and and the charities working with them then have more options to to strengthen their offer, and and and, and extend the, extend the range of of, of how we, how we reach out to people. It's not it's not always easy because people have barriers and constraints to work around but mostly they can be overcome with with once once you build trust to get to know people so it's about starting small building relationships and trying to work collaboratively and and this is an example you know you coming here to help us is an example of collaboration we couldn't mm. develop the skills that you have and and it's just a, you know it's a waste of, of our resource but but by sharing your skills you can reach out to a fresh audience. I'm always happy to help. We were chatting on the phone yesterday about um, you wanted to, you wanted to branch out into some do something similar to podcasting, right? You wanted to, to sort of create something. And um, I said I'll happily help you help you guys set up. Um, I, there's one of the things I've done a few times, not all the time, uh, but I have done it like a three, four times, four times I've done it. Um, where uh, somebody's gone, I am starting a podcast. Can you help me? And I just set them up an Amazon list. This is what you need done uh you know silly things like that uh, i will help you um if i can because i do believe in this media i think it's a fantastic media to, to get into when it comes to like you said sharing a story connecting people um and yeah i, I feel like uh podcasting is is a definitely i think it's a really good idea for you guys because you know to have something on in the background 
Um, you learn new things. It's weird. You absorb. If you if, if you're listening to this podcast now and you're you're a seasoned podcast listener, you'll understand what I'm talking about now. So you'll be doing the hoovering. Maybe you're typing away on the laptop. You're doing the gardening, or maybe you're cycling on your on your bike. You're kind of listening. You're not really, but you're still absorbing the information. It's very strange how you absorb a, a podcast. Yeah, but I think the strength of your podcast is very much local, and and I, I think as an organisation we have to deliver in a different way in different areas. I mean, yes. for example, we 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 work in in South Warwickshire and we work in Sandwell. The, the offer in South Warwickshire is completely different to what we do in Sandwell, but it has to matter to local people. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's a waste of time. And I think. Yeah. It, it's so special that that you know we met you w- w- within two or three hundred yards of this building, and that's important. I mean, I, I think that the, the, coming back to the you know the Bellevue Arts Festival, it's a very dynamic, engaged community, and I, and I think they 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 reach out to to everybody within that community, and and they draw people in, and and that's that's a real skill, and I think it's it's so it's so powerful. But I, I think um, it, it is about making sure you don't overlook what's under your nose. Yeah, and I think that's really important for, for you know, when you're looking for people that are lonely and are isolated. You know, when it comes to a charity that works on a national basis, on a huge conglomerate scale, um, that's not necessarily, I don't think, going to find the 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 intricate little areas of, of a town where that might be, you know, offer, you know, some, where they'd be able to, might, might be able to offer some help. Whereas you guys might be able to, cause you're more in tune with the community. You think that's a, a valid point? Yeah. It's just bringing two people together who are compatible. And that's the real skill that our coordinators have because they, they get to know that our, our volunteers, they get to know the clients and 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 then they 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 try and and nurture the relationship until till it's off on its own but it, it that's if that doesn't work then nothing will work and and it's not about slick branding or or, or or having hundreds and hundreds of people it's having the right people and making sure the right people come together i mean another good example is you you may send a child to a very good school but if it's not the right right school for that child it's not a good school so yeah. it, it's about making sure it works from from both ends, yeah. and and it, it it's quite tricky. It's more of an an art than a science, but once you get it right, it's so it's so powerful. I think I can relate with the shoes we biscuit, and I always do this. I was like, oh, but what about me? But no, it's my my way of relating to you is that you know, um, you know. Uh, there are YouTube channels out there with hundreds of... I was looking at... Um, so for the, the wacky... The Crazy Races... Sorry, beg your pardon. For the Crazy Races video that we shared, it's got like 800 views in two weeks. I was like, oh, that's fine. Let's do it. And I looked at one that my son watches a YouTube channel and in two days... Two weeks, sorry, it got like 4.4 million views. We're never going to get that with the Shrewsbury Biscuit. It's never going to happen. We're a community-based podcast. We're here for Shrewsbury. We do have listeners around the world, but primarily we're here for this town. So we're never going to get the millions and millions of things. But I'm happy with that because that is it serves its purpose. Like you said, you know, I can't go out there and, and go to like the biggest, best awards festivals and, and things like that and be like, here's the Shrewsbury Biscuit. We've got X amount of listeners. It doesn't fit, but it fits for us if that makes sense we fit where we need to be um i was going to say uh, about what i was going to say my mind has gone 
blank. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There it's come back. 2007, you start. Okay, 15 years ago. Um, what are some of the most memorable sort of hurdles and challenges you guys have faced at the beginning that you're happy to say that you've, you, you've accomplished? I, I, I think we've had challenges. Every year brings fresh challenges, but it also brings fresh opportunities. And, and I, I, I think the model that we adopt now is completely different to the one we started with. We, for example, in, in 2010, we we lost government funding. We were involved in a huge government project. happened to a pro- lot of charities. Yeah, uh, um, with, with the potential to be around 1.1 million over, over three or four years. And that, that project was just stopped. And it was a £17 million national project. And we, we were the sole provider of support for carers working with with patients facing the end of life so that was that was a big shock to us because we we were geared up we were expanding and and we were a big success story and and the important thing was we it, it taken it takes a while to to make a connection with with the client group and we we'd managed to achieve that and and and, and it was growing so we, we, we then suddenly had to find a new way of reaching people and reaching people with limited resource because the government funding wasn't, was no longer there. So we were approached by um, a local authority who we'd worked with and they invited us in and, and recommended that, that, that we, we applied for funding to work in their area. And, and that started very successfully and, and grew and then other local authorities got to hear about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. The, the way we've worked, though, is, is about reaching out to other organisations, working with, with older people and getting on side. We, we, we like working with, with uniform services. We worked with the fire brigade quite frequently and they, they would come and deliver talks to keep people safe. We, we work with, with the police. We work with, with um, condition-specific charities and we work with hospices. So really, it's about finding finding different ways of, of reaching the people that we want to serve, and then, of course, that the people themselves come forward. That they, they become Omega volunteers, they 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 support what we do, and and we, we were able to set up groups, and and groups of people then help to solve their own problems, and that that's how we've evolved. Then then we developed services for people who could no longer come to groups. That's where we're at the moment. So. We, we, we decided that we couldn't just abandon people because they were too poorly to come to a group. So we, we, we launched Chatterbox in 2012 and Letter from Louise in, in 2017. So no matter you know, where people are, what stage of life they're at, we can find something to connect with them. Um, I feel like the, the, the virtual world uh, that we've all kind of... It's weird, isn't it? Because like, Skype has been around for forever. It's like I, I remember when Skype became a thing, but it seems like we've had Skype forever. But it's only during the pandemic everybody's like, ah, we're going to use Zoom now. I was like, what? What's Zoom? It's just like Skype, but better, and it is better. But like we all kind of just, it just we all just sort of fell into it and became such a natural thing to be either on Teams now or Zoom, um, and everything's kind of. We've had. I've been to hybrid events where some was virtual, some was live. I've been to live events, virtual events. It's just an insane world that we lived in. But for for folks like yourselves, I feel like there's a, an opportunity there to reach more people. 
Right. Yeah, um, it's helped us in terms of being able to train people safely. So we can uh, we, we can recruit people from all over the country, and and they can help people where the need is. So so um, during during the pandemic, we we connected with corporate supporters. So people like Auto Trader and KPMG and Countryside that there were large organisations who were able to advertise our volunteering opportunities. And, and that helped us to, to div- diversify, really. I think we, we, um, we were able then to change. The, everything was, was face-to-face. The, 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 the induction process, the interview process, was all done in this office. So if you couldn't get into Shrewsbury, the chances are you wouldn't be able to volunteer for us. So, so now we've, we've got a team that, that come from right across the country. So it's still difficult because we, we've, because we've grown that, you know, demand for what we do has grown. We still need lots more people, but the catchment um, is, is much wider. And, and we've proved by, by developing online means of training people that, that we can work more efficiently and it's more convenient for them. So, so busy people can't necessarily spare four or five hours to come and, and attend an induction session, especially if they don't live anywhere near Shrewsbury. We used to do outreach. We, we, we did training in places like Walsall. Um, we, we've done training in places like Dudley. So we do go, we do go out, out of Shrewsbury, but, but it's far more efficient to, to, to work remotely when it comes to, to training. Equally, there's lots of very, very good online training, our mm-hmm. safeguarding training, used to be face-to-face. Now we use a, de- um, a Department of Health, an NHS, I think, an NHS um, programme for safeguarding, and that's done online. Yeah. It's, uh, it is an amazing world we live in. I mean, is, <laughs> I'm not saying that people can just find your training on YouTube, but for my example, for my uh, a lot of what I've learned with editing, um, putting things together, video ed- editing, uh, how to set up a mixer for example, YouTube, which is great for stuff like that. I mean, I remember once we bought a, a second-hand, it was a bed frame from Ikea. <laughs> it didn't come with instructions. YouTube had it. It was just there. Uh, so <laughs> the internet is an amazing thing. Um, when, uh, gosh, my mind is, is absolutely racing today. Um, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say. I had a really good point. I had a really, really good point. Um when it comes to, ah, there we go. It's come back to me. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that walk, what walk through the sun that's uh, frazzled my brain a little bit. I imagine there are many scenarios where uh, carers find themselves very quickly thrust into the position that they find themselves in, um, whether they expect it or not. You know, maybe uh, their loved one has a fall or becomes very quickly ill. Or um, is there is there a, a particular sort of service you guys offer for someone that's just thrust into this new world of carer and it's a bit of a panic? They don't know what they're doing, and ah, help. Is that, is that common? Certainly um, there are ups and downs in, 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 a, in a caring career where people do deteriorate and have to be rushed into hospital. And, and that the burden often falls on, on people left, left behind because they're, they're panic-struck. Um, we, we don't, we, we're not um, an emergency service. No, of course not. We, 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 offer, we offer support through our, our existing relationships with people. Yeah. Um, but but certainly very very it's, it's very common. And in fact, we dealt with a situation yesterday where somebody was rushed to hospital, and and we were unable to contact them. So so we we, we spoke with the person's son, and 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 we we're going to be following up on um, with, with with the referring agency to make sure everything's okay. 
So um, it, we, we're, we're there in, in the background. We're certainly not um, there to respond to emergencies. Of Having course, said no. that, you know, we, we sometimes do have to step in, um, but it tends to be um, more more by chance because we might be the only person that, that um, our client's spoken to for a whole week and we pick up on things. But, but really, we shouldn't be, you know, society should have provision to make sure people are safe in their own homes and, and to make sure that people have got the community support they need. So we're, we're an, extra, an extra line of defence. We we're certainly not not there to deal with, with, with these you know, emergencies, but we're there to support people who have to come to terms with the emergencies. Yes, of course, of course. And we're about to uh, step into a, a very difficult time financially for a lot of people. Um, you know, there are more and more food banks being opened and there are families struggling. I imagine it affects carers um, very much so too. Um, is this something that you guys are having to adapt to because the cost of living has just gone, it's just ridiculous now. I can't imagine um, there's a lot of carers out there. I mean, I know some. Uh, there's a lot of carers that do this as a job, some people that are, you know care for family members. Um, is this something that you guys are looking at and having to deal with at the moment? One thing that I've found over the years is is that some of the carers that we work with um, are finding it very difficult anyway, and and they're the ones that are very good at living on a limited budget. So, so they they're always in in a pretty bad place. For example, we knew when when the pandemic struck, lots of our people were lonely anyway, and nothing very much changed for them. Became even more isolated. Yeah, it's only the ones that could get out that suffered. It, but but people who had um, visitors, they that naturally that they they, oh. they they were in difficulty. But not everybody had visitors. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah. and, it, and that's quite sad, really, because yeah. although there was this groundswell of, of of public concern, we were there doing this anyway. And I I think one of the benefits, if if you can call it a benefit, it, it, uh, of the pandemic is is greater awareness that some people are lonely all the time. And from all all walks of life, it's not just about the poorest in society. Anybody can become lonely, and and um, they're, they're they're forgotten. And hopefully, people now understand what it's like to be trapped at home, and not being able to just do exactly what you want to do on your terms. Yeah. So so people people living in rural communities are often very very isolated. There was a lot of, I mean, we can't really take memeology, <laughs> the way people share memes and things on social media as, as a way of, um, you know, viewing how the world has, is dealing with a situation. But there's a, there was a lot of talk about how, um, uh, yeah, when it comes to people that are used to being around others, um, that they, they, they were kind of like, oh my god, this is a real shock to me. I had, I had friends that were, you know, living the high life before before the pandemic hit, and they really, really struggled. And then there's there's people that actually really just enjoy their own company. They're like, okay, bring it on. <laughs> you know, I can sit at home by myself. Some people manage things in a different way, and it does actually make a lot of sense. He's saying that people that are used to having visitors really struggle the most because they're used to uh, living that life. Yeah, I, I think interesting. The pandemic stripped things down to what's really important. And I think I think that that that's helpful. It, it makes you realise there's lots of frippery that that's totally meaningless, and you can mm. do without it. But you can't do without the important stuff, and that is about connecting with people and caring for those around you, and and building relationships. But it it you know it, it's life. It is never is never straightforward. And if it is, look out for the next 
downturn. You've, yeah. you've got to be, I think you've got to find opportunities in every situation to to go forward and, and, and try and, and, and learn learn new stuff, meet new people and get out and about whenever you can. Even a walk in the park, you know, be, being close to nature is, 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 is really important. Stall on a bird table in the back garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I say to people, if you can't get out, you can watch a programme like Country File and, and that's better than nothing. You open the window and listen to the birds. We were we were chatting to AGK a couple of years ago. We were going to um, go around to some nursing homes and stuff and um, put some posters out and meet some of the people. And like the shoes of biscuits, a great thing. Podcasting's a great thing. If you feel you know, if there's um, you find yourself you, you, as a quiet moment and you need something in the background, here we are. You know, this is something that we were we were going to sort of do, but we just didn't for some reason. Um, but like when it comes to TV, radio, podcasting, it's nice to have that as a fallback. Um, some people, some people are introverts; they don't really enjoy company of others. Some people need that. It's just it's interesting how it, how it all kind of works out. But it's nice to know that they've got folks like Amiga to, to fall back on if if they need it. Um, you know, I imagine um, caring for someone full time is, is is like we said at the beginning of this. It's, it's very can be strenuous at times um it can be a, a full-on thing um so sometimes maybe a bit of <laughs> you know sit on a, on a chair a bit of music i don't know relax rather than a full-on let's go for a glass of wine with our friends type thing everyone's different aren't they yeah so they certainly are and i think um and long may it continue yes absolutely um if um if, if somebody you know that no if you know if somebody's listening to this they know a carer that could do with a bit of help or maybe somebody's listening and they do care for others um how can they get involved with omega and and how would a the first sort of conversation go with you guys if they did get in touch i think first of all is to get an understanding of, of, of what the need is and it might be that people can can help us and we can help them at the same time so i i think anybody that would like to help somebody who's lonely could come forward and, and, and maybe ask to become one of our telephone befrienders, that there is there is a training process. Of course, um, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, 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 and don't forget, just because you're trapped at home doesn't mean to say that you can't help somebody else. And it, it, it's such a nice way. So two, two lonely people can become less lonely, but by developing a relationship that, that, that is very, very worthwhile for, for both. Equally, not, not everyone's comfortable about talking over the telephone. So, so writing a letter is something you can do on your terms and without having to be too in, in your face and, and, and have to deal with, with, with constant conversation. And some p- people find talking difficult and, and also listening to people who are in crisis is not easy for everyone. No, but but write, writing a letter is a wonderful way of, of making a connection and that can lead then to the next step. It might be that once you once you've started getting involved in writing letters, um, that then then yes, it, it, the next stage is perhaps getting involved in, in telephone befriending. But we're we're always looking for people who are are isolated. It might be someone you meet at a bus stop, it might be someone that you meet in a supermarket queue, and if, if they if you if you think that they they could welcome some some more contact, then ask them to to get in touch with us. Not everybody has a computer, so so you know, they can telephone. Our, our, our telephone number here in, in, in Shrewsbury is 01743 That's 01743 Or have a look at our new website, which, which is omega.uk.net. So that's omega.uk.net. 
and there you will get a feel for some of the work that we do and the sort of people that we help. But but we're, we're always we're always you know interested in hearing from you. Yeah, nice dog in the background there. How's it go? Dogs are welcome on the shoes of biscuit. I always say that. Um, it's it's a difficult one with, with lonely people. I mean, I yeah, you know, I've I've been lonely from time to time. Genuinely, I'm not trying to take the make I have. I've been like, ah, oh, I wish you could go out and do something today, but nobody's about. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it is a painful thing to deal with. You know, um, there are times when it's hard, and sometimes when it's kind of like, okay, I don't really have many people to 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 bo- to bother with, but at the same time i don't like it's weird isn't it how we all feel different from time to time um, sometimes I, i'd like the idea of going out well i remember when um when the, the pubs first opened after lockdown um i went out we went out with the, the team biscuit it was great uh, it was me shane d a few of us uh ts as well we went out and it was just horrible it was just hot there was just too many people all crammed in it and it was just it was horrible it was, it was a bit too much um but you know it's, it's crazy. How would you how would you say, you know, say someone's been dealing with this on their own for a long, long time, uh, loneliness, um, and how would you approach someone that's been isolated for so long that a very, um, a very upbeat conversation might give them a bit of shell shock? Yeah, I, I think people have to deal with this at their own pace on their own terms. Yeah. And, 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 everybody will have their own approach they know what is best for them and i think it's about developing trust in the first instance so so people feel comfortable about asking for exactly what they need and being prepared to refuse if what they're offered is not right for them but i always say to people try something out and if it doesn't work then then forget it and i always i always say to them try and look elsewhere so it's not just coming to us it's trying to look out for other opportunities as well one of the i think one of the best places to go are places like marks and spencer cafes and supermarket cafes where they're totally neutral and you'll find lots of people sitting on their own drinking drinking coffee and they might have a nodding acquaintance but that's a good way to practice connecting with people going going to somewhere neutral libraries are good places where, where, where you could go and there are people around you mm. and then you can gradually build up the confidence to start speaking go sit in the dingle the dingle's a great place to go and sit yeah yeah exactly i think in some parts of the country i don't think we do it here yet but there's something called friendly benches where there, there are benches set out and you sit on them and then someone comes along and has a chat oh now that could be a nuisance in some cases but but i don't know maybe not in somewhere like like the dingle where you didn't would expect to see uh you know a dozen kids sat on a bench like oh right, governor you know my right, boss yes um yeah, that, that that's right i mean i think it's not for everyone but but it is something that that um because i i think some people find it difficult to to open a conversation hmm, once the conversation totally. has started it, it, it you're away and, and it happens and and that that takes a lot of doing for some people so sitting on the bench might might not be right for everybody but but it, it's 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 good i mean i've heard of another group locally it's a, a men's walking group and that's, yeah dan reed a great yeah. great friend of our show yeah. brilliant brilliant yeah. idea talk to tom as well yeah yeah brilliant idea I, I think that's exactly the sort of thing you're looking for give people i i, I think doing something neutral i mean I, I i used to do a lot of bird watching that's a wonderful way of bringing people from different backgrounds together yeah walking bird watching 
and and I mean getting getting men together is quite difficult. We've we've had groups of just just blokes, and that 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 they've been very successful. But I think you just offer people choice, and you give them space, and tell them it's okay to say this doesn't work for me. That's the way. That's the way I think we, we need to. I struggle with the the alpha male thing. I do because I'm not like your oi, oi, kind of. Oi. That was a, that almost sounded like the '90s revival. Oh, that wasn't a dig at the '90s revival, but but you know the type of like oh I mate, how's it going? Oi. It's like I'm not that kind of guy, and I, I struggle in those loud loud groups sometimes. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah I know you you mean you need to meet find the right people for you. I feel like maybe we should campaign for one of these benches, Tom. I think we should <laughs> we should go yeah. to the council and see if we can find something. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm sure it, it it's something that that it could be could be started quite and and Shrewsbury you know Shrewsbury Council might might be willing to 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 do something like that. And you know I've I've, I've talked a lot. I'm a, I'm a big champion of of mental health um, services. Um, especially when it comes to men open up about their feelings women too you know um, I want to do a bit more work with the WI um, I, feel, I, like, I was reading a story of one, of one of theirs on on, um, on Facebook today and I was like oh do you know what we had we had so many great conversations with the WI and then it kind of fizzled out so we need to I, want, I, want, I like that it's all about maybe maybe a, a conversation with someone like uh, someone from men walking and talking or talk to Tom or the WI maybe that just helps you on your path to take maybe going to see about about counselling, uh, making friendships like you said, um, it's kind of like a social weight training, isn't it? You know, you take one step and then another, and then do a bit more, then do a bit more, and if, uh, before you know it, you're uh, you're having lunch with uh, a few friends. Yeah, yeah. I, I think trying different things out. I mean, I've been lucky in my work because I I go to all sorts of different events and meet different people, but not everybody has that opportunity to get out and about. And I think there's an expense as well. Not everybody can afford to to get out and about. Yeah, having a friend doesn't mean you have to go for a pint. You don't have to do that. You can go and watch a movie at home together or something, you know, or you can go for a walk, play some golf. Golf is money. But you know what I mean? You can go and do stuff. Yeah, but but there are people that that may live in a small village with with poor public transport. There, There are people who have got responsibilities in terms of having to raise raise money to live and they yes. may they may be looking after children and then looking after someone who's sick at the same time they they just don't have the the opportunity to to give devote time to themselves mm. and 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 it, people talk about you know the the the, the example in, in in an airplane where you have to put your own oxygen mask on before you help others and that's the big problem for the people that we work with is they've devoted their lives to others and they've forgotten about themselves, and then at the end of their life, that they they're left exhausted with a void as well. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, so it's catching up really, yeah. and it's nice to catch up with somebody else. So, so it's not you're not doing it on your own. That you oh. make a connection with someone in the same position that understands what you've been through. And it might, you know, we talk about grief, uh, and you can talk about grief as if it's like a big, huge, universal conduit, something that we all go through. But the the grief when you've devoted most of your life to um, to caring for someone, like you said, to the point where you, you know you're you're very consciously making sure that they're cared for more than yourself. Once they're gone, that must be a different kind of grief to anything else anybody's felt. You know, there must be a, a specific way of feeling when you've cared for someone for that long. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I'm certainly not not a practitioner, but it's a very complex. Um, personal area where where grief is different for different people and there's different phases of grief 
So, so there's that. Yeah, there, there's all sorts of issues. Not I mean, not least where you are in your life when when grief happens, and and if you're if you're in a very good place, it's easier to come to terms with grief. But but if, for example, you've had a, a very traumatic loss or you've got an awful lot on your plate anyway, and on top of that, then then you 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 suffer loss, then it becomes very very difficult. And, and and the nature of, of, of the dying process as well can be difficult. You know, there is such a thing as a good death where everything is as it should because death is a, is a natural process. Of course, we've got to remember that that you know it, 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 everybody will will die and and to die with loved ones around you when when your affairs are in order and and people are prepared is one thing, but to to lose someone unexpectedly or when you're going through difficulties yourself yeah then it's exceptionally difficult but it's never it's never a nice thing for anyone no, it's never easy i mean my no. i got a family member who's a, who works in um nursing nursing and um you know we come back from work and sit on the sofa stare at them at the distance and be like but well, we lost we lost someone today and he's got to go to bed wake up and go and do it all again tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That, that's a that's a very quick way of dealing with with a grief processes. I mean, even as a professional, it mustn't be easy. I mean, especially if you're a carer for many, which I do know people that will go from one person to another to to another to another to care. Um, and you know, to deal with one thing and then go and crack on and and be professional with the other, it, it mustn't be a very healthy process to deal with. So, um, there must be services out there to help people deal with that. Yeah, no, there there are specialist services, and I think. Again, it's finding the right one for you at the right time, and and very often you find the right service when it's too late, and, and you, you then you you, you realise you know, if only you'd known about something. At the I've time. been carrying this for fifteen years. If only I'd have known then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 part of the issue, really. Um, well, I, I, thank you so much for doing what you guys do. I mean, um, helping people that help others. You guys are like a crutch for people that help people with the crutches, right? It's. Uh, well, it's something that we do with with the community we engage with. I think you know that lots and lots and lots of people have been involved in in aspects of our work and continue to be involved in our work. And that's that's the issue. It's not about us doing things. It's about doing things together, and 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 making sure we continue to do things together. Well, you adapt, and you adapt into a world that's constantly changing around you. And there's a lot of people that didn't adapt and now are no longer with us. So you've had the hindsight to do that. So you know whether. Um, the website omega.uk.net um go 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 and check it out guys um please do uh, if you know someone that, that might um benefit from omega's services um please get in touch via the website um tom you've been an absolute pleasure to speak to we were meant to do 40 minutes it's now going on 55 nearly an hour that's because uh, i love talking about this sort of thing and if there's anything we can do to help you guys at the biscuit please get in touch i'm uh, definitely happy to help you guys set up a, a studio or you know if you want me to help out in any way set anything up for your podcast i'm very much a champion for this sort of thing so you uh, you have my have my help well th- thank you very much and thank you to your listeners yeah thank you um i do need to uh, to talk about something very very important to me and sorry to talk about one charity while i'm speaking to another but collaboration and and you know um shoes being the great town it is but pod aid is back guys uh we are going to be doing it again uh 24 hours live in front of both mic and camera um it's a live podcast we did it last year we raised over three thousand pounds for lingan davis uh through through 
donations uh, through um, uh, corporate donations too. Now, let me explain something to you guys. Um, this this thing is is it's very important to me that we do this. I love doing it. We have 24 hour long guests and every single hour is split, split up into a slot and every slot will have a guest and it will have a sponsor, um, a sponsor or advertisement opportunity. So we have hour long advertising slots available. We are selling them. We're selling them slow. They are for, if you have a business or a company or a band or whatever it is you have, if you wanted to buy a slot, um, for a hundred pounds, um, we will then display your logo and be like, this hour is brought to you by such and such. And we will then talk about your business. Anything you want us to read out, we'll do that. We had thousands of listeners worldwide and locally, of course, uh, through, um, throughout the whole thing of PodAid last year. Um, so if you want to get involved, uh, please get in touch. My email is shrewsburybiscuitpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we are slowly working on our guest list. The advertising hour-long slots uh, we need to sell. And I am determined, absolutely determined to sell every single one of those hour-long slots this year. So please get in touch. Do it sooner than possible because they will sell. Um, but we need to get you in early. Um, so you can send me across your logos and tell me what you want. So anyway, uh, Tom, thank you so much for, for chatting to me today. Thank you. Make sure you guys get in touch with Amiga. Uh, this has been uh, the Shoes Biscuit Podcast. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.